Y'all Show is back on the air with you. Hello there. I'm your gracious host, John Rawl, and we are into the Thursday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hope your week is going good so far. Only one more day left in the work week, and that's tomorrow. Then you got a big holiday weekend. You don't have to work mostly on Monday. I, I think some of you have to work, but most of you, day off with pay. Not a bad option. And we're going to have some fun on Monday, too. We may not have our show in its entirety on Monday. I'm still trying to sift through our plan for Monday and Tuesday of next week. So if you hear some old interviews, then you'll know that uh, that old John Rawl decided to take the easy path on Labor Day. And that may end up being what happens. I'm getting my kind of battle plan and range right now. And I will know more. And I will share it with you on the Friday, y'all. I'm thinking about a sports odyssey. And perhaps I'll tell you more about it in hour two that's going to happen this weekend. I'll be going across many southern states on this sports odyssey if it becomes reality. But probably not. I got to work. I got to work before I can go goofing off. Well, we're going to be working today on the Y'all Show because we've got from the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival, Darby Radcliffe is going to be our special guest in about 20 minutes or so. She's going to come on and tell us about this Morgan City, Louisiana tradition and how they celebrate their heritage of being both a shrimp area and going out in the Gulf and catching great stuff and all the bayous around Morgan City that has so much great wildlife. And they're a petroleum area big time petroleum area morgan city and darby will tell us about the heritage of that portion of south louisiana and this great festival that's going on it's been going on for a long time and she'll tell us just how long and what you need to do to get to morgan city this weekend as it's going on the louisiana shrimp and petroleum festival we've got a spotlight on that our dixie destination a little later this hour also before we get to that festival some other cool festivals going on starting this weekend and carrying on into next week. It might be the Soybean Festival in West Tennessee. It could be a great festival going on north of Little Rock in Clinton, Arkansas. They've got a chuck wagon event going on, the National Championship, and we'll tell you about that in our Festive South coming up in just a few here on the Y'all Show. And of course, when we get to hour two, hold the door because we're going to talk books. We've got the New York Times bestseller list we haven't really done that in a, in a long time on the show, go through what's really happening on a national scene book-wise. And we've got the listing of all the big bestsellers. If you want to pick up a book today or tomorrow and have it throughout the weekend, well, we're going to turn our attention to the printed press and tell you what's out there book-wise for you to check out, some of which may have a southern connection. But our Buy the Book feature is coming up at the start of Hour 2. And then it's time for or Eagle, Auburn. Yes, Auburn's going to be our spotlight. We've got from PowerOfDixieLand.com, Taylor Jones coming by to help us get ready for Auburn football 2018. The Tigers are heading I-85 to Atlanta, and they've got a Saturday matchup against the Washington Huskies at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And Taylor will help us get ready for that and the entire 2018 season. How good can the Plainsmen be this year? Taylor Jones is going to answer that question, and we'll get him to talk about some other SEC teams if we can if we can convince him. So plenty of football talk here on this Thursday, the official first Thursday 
of college football season. There are games today. We'll tell you about it maybe in hour two. We'll get into that. We need to get to the headlines going across the south right now. And it looks like there could be a new storm forming in the Atlantic. All eyes on the Atlantic as the National Hurricane Center has been watching a tropical wave poised to move off the west coast of Africa. And forecasters know that this low-pressure system could be formed and move over the ocean today and toward the Caribbean. And conditions are favorable for it to continue to develop as it heads westward. We're getting to Labor Day weekend. We know through history there's lots of storms that have happened starting right now. And so the National Hurricane Center, very aware of this potential issue going on, a tropical depression off of Africa. And you could see this possibly turning into a hurricane early next week. And it could potentially go into the Gulf of Mexico. Of course, it could go into the Atlantic side or it could fizzle out. That's the best thing that could happen. But again, keep your eye. If you get a chance over the weekend to turn on the Weather Channel, this is something that could be of interest as a tropical depression going on right now in the Atlantic could turn ugly. Republicans are not so fast to join the movement to rename the Russell Office Building, where the U.S. Senate has its office space, to name it after John McCain, the senator who passed away this past weekend. And this building is named after former Georgia U.S. Senator Richard Russell. He served in the Senate for almost 40 years, from 1933 to 1971. Prior to that, he had been the governor of the state of Georgia, and he was a staunch segregationist. Thus, the reason some people want to change the name of the Russell Office Building to honor John McCain. And Republicans aren't so quick to jump on this. Senator Mitch McConnell says he's looking to defuse this controversy, but he will form a bipartisan panel to solicit ideas on the best way to honor the late Arizona Senator John McCain. So it could change, could be a co-naming of the Russell Senate Office Building, but I just don't like to see yet again another Southerner that's getting a negative press because of the times that he lived in. And almost every Southerner in the 1950s and 60s, I know there were exceptions, but the majority of the South, at least the white Southerners, were segregationists. That's the way it was. and. Here's a guy who was sort of the champion of that. I can't believe they named the building after him to start with, but they did because I guess he served in the U.S. Senate for so long. But the Russell Office Building is coming under controversy now, and John McCain's name could be put on that if a bipartisan deal is worked out. Speaking of race and politics, the newly elected Republican nominee for the governor of Florida Ron DeSantis is in a little bit of trouble because during his post-election euphoria, he said that he doesn't want the state of Florida to, quote, monkey this up and elect a Democrat the first time a Democrat would be elected to Florida's governor's office in about 25 years. Now, some say that's a racist dog whistle because DeSantis's opponent in November is the surprise nominee from the Democratic side, Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee, who is black. And Gillum has a chance to become the first black governor of Florida. And people are saying, you don't say monkey this up when you're going to be facing a black man in the general election. But that's what DeSantis said. And he cruised a big win Tuesday night in the Sunshine State. And that'll be a very hot race in November between DeSantis and Gillum, two guys who are 
successful in the political world and hoping to become the, the chief executive of the Sunshine State. And we'll, we'll see what happens there with this story. It could fizzle out, but not probably the, the best use of usage of words by Ron DeSantis, the Trump favorite. That's who President Trump got behind when he had his primary against the Secretary of Agriculture in Florida, Adam Putnam. Now to Texas, and the political race going on in the Lone Star State is heating up between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke. O'Rourke's trying to upset Cruz and get the U.S. Senate seat from the state of Texas. Well, it's getting down and dirty in Austin and beyond. And this week, the Texas GOP sent out a tweet with a mugshot of O'Rourke when he was much younger. And the mugshot says, quote, there's always the chance that Robert Beto O'Rourke won't debate Senator Cruz because he got into a hazy situation. And like we said, this was a much younger O'Rourke that got into some trouble. This happened back in the 1990s, and O'Rourke was arrested, and he ended up not actually being prosecuted in the end. All of his charges were dropped, but he got into a misdemeanor burglary charge against him back in El Paso in 1995, and that charge was later dropped. And then three years later in 1998, he was arrested again in El Paso for driving while intoxicated, but that case was dismissed when he attended driver classes. But kind of a low blow against the Democratic nominee tweeting out a mugshot from 20 years ago. Well, some people have come to O'Rourke's defense and they've tweeted mugshots of Republican Governor Rick Perry, the former governor and now the Secretary of Energy in the state in, in the U.S. I think that's his position. Uh, he's in President Trump's cabinet. He was indicted in 2014 on abuse of power charges that were subsequently dismissed by the Texas Supreme Court. And I had a mugshot as a result of that. So they're, they're playing hardball in the Lone Star State as O'Rourke and Cruz have a contentious battle for U.S. Senate in November. In the state of Mississippi, they received $700 million from the BP oil spill and now the Mississippi State Senate has approved a bill to how to divide those damages up. This all stems from the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico and Mississippi and Louisiana were the states most affected by this. And BP agreed to give the state of Mississippi $750 million through the year 2033 to make up for lost tax revenue from that oil spill. Lawmakers have already received about $53 million and they're going to get nearly $100 million in the bank, which has been sitting there, and 15 yearly payments of $40 million a year, which are going to begin in the year 2019. But Mississippi getting money from the BP oil spill, primarily for loss of damages from, from tourism and such not coming to Mississippi. I know someone who was very close to this oil spill and the cleanup at least in Mississippi, and they said it was a joke, that you couldn't hardly see any damage whatsoever. It was an overreaction. But at the time, people were paranoid and scared to check out Mississippi. I know Louisiana was hit harder, but in Mississippi, where they received over $700 million from BP, BP, <laughs> I'm not sure that was worth it. But they're an oil company. They got plenty of money. I'm, I'm sure it's like nothing to BP to, to write out a $700 million check. In Georgia, two people have died as a result of mosquito-borne viruses. The Department of Public Health says one death was from the eastern equine encephalitis, and the other 
caused by West Nile virus, which also made the others ill. So watch out in Georgia. The Department of Public Health says they've got some precautions against mosquitoes, such as staying inside at dusk and dawn, wearing long, loose-fitting clothes, and, of course, using insect repellent. Those are just some of the ways to combat mosquitoes, which are going to continue to be a problem until it gets to be cold in the southeast. But uh, sad to hear that two people have died from mosquito-borne viruses in the Peach State. In Louisiana, synthetic marijuana is a topic around Lake Charles, and they've got some bad synthetic marijuana currently on the streets, and police are trying to figure out what is going on because it's leaving people unconscious. The Lake Charles Police Department says it's handled nearly 30 incidents in the past few days, and more than 45 people have been taken by ambulance to hospitals since Friday alone. And that's a lot of people, and they're trying to find out what is in this drug that's making it so dangerous. Synthetic marijuana has been illegal in Louisiana since 2010, but can be found under names such as K2 and Spice. Police say new brands called Bubblegum and Gumbo have surfaced and may be those causing the health problems in the Pelican State. But watch out for synthetic marijuana in Louisiana and beyond. Probably not a good thing to ever use it, period, even if it is legal. I think it may still be legal somewhere in the South. I know that it was at one time legal, I think, in Alabama, and that may may still be the case. I I should look up my synthetic marijuana laws. If you're going to be traveling across the heartland of America, check out Perryville, Missouri. There you'll find the Missouri National Veterans Memorial Wall, which is a replica of the same Vietnam Memorial Wall that is in Washington, D.C. And looking at a photo of it, you can't tell the difference. It's not the little miniature wall that travels the country. This is like a full-size wall with all the Vietnam deceased on it. And it's in Perryville, Missouri, with more than 58,000 names on this wall. They've got an event coming up that you might want to circle on your calendar or get to. Coming up September 21st and 22nd, the Missouri National Veterans Memorial will be holding a national POW-MIA recognition on site in Perryville, Missouri. But we thank all of our veterans for your sacrifice. I know this holiday weekend is not Veterans Day or Memorial Day, but it is a national holiday and a good time to remind all of us, how our veterans and our soldiers and sailors and Marines and airmen who've gone before us, some of which have paid the ultimate sacrifice, we have our freedoms, such as Labor Day, as a result of what you've done for our country, and we salute you. Tennessee would like for you to stop by sometime and help out the state of Tennessee's budget because in 2017 it was a great year, and they want to keep the trend going. Governor Bill Haslam revealed this week that the state had a record-setting $20.8 billion surplus caused by tourism in the state of Tennessee, a 6.3 increase from the year before. Tennessee brought in $1.8 billion in state and local tax revenue from tourism, a big increase, nearly 8% from the year 2016. 95 counties across Tennessee had an increase in tourism spending, with 20 counties topping $100 million. By the way, the three major tourism areas of the state of Tennessee, here's the budget numbers of what they were able to bring in from a tourism standpoint. In Nashville, Davidson County, $6.5 billion brought in from tourism. In Memphis, Shelby County, half of that, $3.5 billion in 2017. And then in East Tennessee, where you'll find Gatlinburg and 
Dollywood and all kinds of attractions. Sevier County, $2 billion brought into the state of Tennessee's budget as a result of tourism. So Tennessee welcomes you and they want you to come spend a lot of money when you're in Tennessee. And if you're a Tennessean, hey, they want you to spend money in Tennessee too. So thank you from Governor Bill Haslam. Publix is expanding and they're going to open up a distribution center in North Carolina. A state that's got plenty of grocery stores based there and have a long heritage of being there like Harris Teeter and I think Food Lion is based in North Carolina and such. Well, this Publix distribution center is going to bring up to a thousand jobs in Guilford County and they're going to build it. It's going to be available by the year 2022. Governor Roy Cooper said yesterday that Publix plans to create these jobs and be a big boost to the area. Publix is based in Lakeland, Florida, and they are expected to invest up to $300 million in the project's first phase. And as a person that grew up in this part of the world in the Carolinas, Publix has recently got into South Carolina in the last decade or so, and now they're in North Carolina. They're all over Florida, of course, where they're from, and they're in Georgia and Alabama. I still think they're kind of hard to find beyond those states, but let me tell you a little inside secret. Publix has the best sweet tea. Don't go get Milo's if you can get Publix. Publix is awesome, and it lasts for a long time. It tastes like Grandma made it. Publix sweet tea, Publix branded sweet tea. They've got some great Publix branded products, and we don't mind sharing that info with you here on the Y'all Show because it's true. Publix, good tea, good vitamins, the Publix brand, and they also have really good fried chicken tenders. Hey, would you like to maybe swing by Publix and then we'll go to a game at State Farm Arena? Where is that, you ask? Well, that is the brand new name of Phillips Arena in downtown Atlanta, the arena that's been there forever where the Atlanta Hawks play. The Hawks and State Farm announced yesterday a 20-year deal that will rename Phillips to State Farm Arena. And this comes after a nearly $200 million renovation of the downtown Atlanta arena. This, by the way, will be the Atlanta Hawks' 50th year in the ATL. And you remember, they were not an expansion team. The Atlanta Hawks moved to Atlanta from another borderline southern state, Missouri. They were the St. Louis Hawks before going to Atlanta. But go see the Hawks in their 50th year in State Farm Arena, which is right next to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right where the old Georgia Dome was that's been torn down. If you're a school student in Northern Virginia, you've got a chance to have what's called a fast casual option when you go to the lunchroom. Three school systems in Northern Virginia are rolling out this new fast casual option, which lets students design their own bowls and wraps and that uses a trendy French style of cooking. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> I think I long for the days where you had the old soybean hamburger. You know, I was coming up these these really fashionable so-called healthy options weren't even weren't even there. We did have a salad bar at my high school, but you didn't eat it because you were really trying to be healthy. You were a kid. You were eating salads because honestly, sometimes salads are good. And I, I used to like to get the schoolroom salad, but I guess that's not fancy enough and good enough in Northern Virginia. They've got the fast casual cafeteria option in this part of the Commonwealth. Hey, are you about to pop out a baby and maybe you want to help your kid have a great future, possibly get 
an $11,000 college donation for your child? Well, if you can time it just right, on September 9th, if your baby's born, you have a chance to get $11,000 for your child's college fund, but you've got to name your kid Harland. And that's because KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, is putting on this contest, I guess is what it's called. And if you name legally, prove, and you can prove it, your child's name is Harlan and it's born on September 9th, they, the first person to prove it will receive a, an $11,000 college donation. When I saw this, I thought it might be a joke, but it's probably not. And even if it was, it's great publicity for KFC and we're talking about it on the Y'all Show, but it, it appears to be legitimate. And Colonel Harlan Sanders, the colonel of KFC fame, they're trying to keep that name Harlan going. What if every kid born on September the 9th is named Harlan? That would make for some complications. And I guess Harlan could be a male or a female, a boy or a girl's name, if you came down to it. And if you gave me $11,000, if it was a girl, I would call it Harlan and maybe give it the nickname unofficially of Harley. That would be kind of a cute name. But yeah, September 9th, if your baby's popped out, it's downloaded on September 9th. Name it Harlan, and you could get 11,000 buckaroos. That'll buy a lot of buckets of chicken from our friends at KFC. I like that. That's a good idea. Now, quickly going through other headlines across the southeast. If you were in Chattanooga this week, you might have seen a big line forming outside of Finley Stadium where the Chattanooga Mocs play. Well, they weren't playing a football game. They were having American Idol auditions, and more than 1,000 people lined up to get their chance to go to Hollywood. American Idol in the Lookout City and trying to find some good Southern talent in Chattanooga. You might remember earlier this week on the show, we told you about the police chief in Starkville, Mississippi, being put on suspension by the county, or rather the city government in Octoba Hall County, Starkville, the county seat and home of Mississippi State University. Well, that police chief, we now know what Frank Nichols allegedly did. He's been the police chief in Starkville since February of 2014. And, and listen to this. This is classic Southern here. Police chief Frank Nichols was suspended because people had to come out, police had to come out after the chief hit his brother Craig Nichols at a city park. A report shows an altercation came after the brothers argued over whether Craig Nichols was too drunk to drive home. And Craig Nichols refused to ride home with Frank Nichols' son and Things became aggressive, and Frank Nichols says he hit his brother when Craig Nichols approached him aggressively. And aldermen now say that Frank Nichols, the police chief, will be suspended for two weeks and put on six months probation. So brotherly love in a very strange way in Starkville, Mississippi. Now, another legal police report for you coming from Simpsonville, South Carolina, in the upstate of the Palmetto State. We all grew up watching Andy Griffith, whether you watched it religiously or you watched it periodically like I did. You know about the Mayberry police car. Well, someone in Simpsonville had a replica of the Mayberry police car, which, by the way, a 1964 Ford Galaxy. And this car, which belonged to Burns Wholesale in Simpsonville, it got hit. Someone ran into it, a reckless driver hit the car, and it turns out the reckless driver was a 17-year-old who ended up being charged with possession of marijuana with intent to distribute and possession of drug paraphernalia and reckless driving. 
but the iconic Mayberry police car in Simpsonville damaged in this crash and a teenager, teenager going to the jail. I wonder if Otis is going to be in the jail cell alongside the youngster at the uh, Simpsonville, a.k.a. Mayberry Jail. Where's Barney when you need him? And that's a glance of what's going on across our beloved South here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to the Festive South. We've got some really neat events going on starting this Labor Day weekend and some moving over into next week. It might be a chuck wagon event it could be a soybean festival it could be so much more in our south we'll tell you about it it's our dixie destination festive south coming up next plus before we get out of here this hour we've got darby ratcliffe coming by from the louisiana shrimp and petroleum festival in morgan city stay tuned you're listening to the y'all show with the general john rawl whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town. We've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your... And head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. We are back. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with Y'all's John Rawl, y'all.com, publisher John Rawl. That would be yours truly. We appreciate you being with us here on this Thursday, y'all. And here on the program, we like to get you set up for all kinds of fun across the region and what we call our Festive South. Now, we've got someone coming up in just a few minutes from Morgan City, Louisiana. We're going to be joined by Darby Ratcliffe. She's with the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival going on there. We'll have a complete report in our Dixie destination, and that's in the next segment. So hang on for that exciting event going on this weekend in South Louisiana, the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. But if you can't make it to Morgan City and you're looking for some other options across the southeast this weekend, check out Perspectives, the Georgia Pottery Invitational in Watkinsville next to Athens. And that starts August 31st and runs through the 16th of September. OCAF.com is the website to go to if you're interested in that. Also this weekend, 
in Clinton, Louisiana. Clinton is just north of Little Rock. It's about an hour and a half due north of Little Rock on US 65, not Interstate 65, but US Highway 65. And an hour and a half, you're there in Clinton from Little Rock. And this weekend, it's a national championship happening in Clinton, Arkansas. And it's the 2018 National Championship of chuck wagon races going on this Labor Day weekend in Clinton. An estimated 20,000 people are going to come to Clinton for this great event going on through Sunday. The National Championship Chug Wagon Races, Clinton, Arkansas. And I believe the name of that town was there before a guy named Bill became president and before he became governor even <laughs> in the natural state. Now, starting today in Tennessee, you've got the Tennessee Soybean Festival taking place in Martin, Tennessee. Now, this is an event today going on, but the bulk of this is really next week, but we'll kind of glance over some of the items at the Tennessee Soybean Festival. Today, the TSF Rotary Golf Tournament at Persimmon Hills in Sharon, Tennessee. This is all in West Tennessee. Martin is the home of the University of Tennessee at Martin, and they have this great festival each and every year. This is the 25th year of the Tennessee Soybean Festival. So today, golf tournament, then some events going on throughout the weekend. But check this out. On Monday at the Festival Park Amphitheater in historic downtown Martin, Tennessee, Sesame Street Live. And that's going on Monday. And then as you work your way through next week in West Tennessee, come back to Martin if you aren't there all the time because they've got some great music. Switchfoot will be playing Thursday of next week at the amphitheater in downtown Martin. And then when you move over to the weekend, you've got some more great concerts going on at that the amphitheater. 38 Special and Foreigner will be playing on Friday night of next week. And then when you get to Saturday, assuming she's no longer in jail in Connecticut, the Redneck Woman will be on hand in Martin for the Soybean Festival. Gretchen Wilson will be playing alongside her pals Big and Rich and Cowboy Troy at the Festival Park Amphitheater in Martin, Tennessee, all part of the Tennessee Soybean Festival. You can go to tnsoybeanfestival.org and learn much more about this cool event. And all of our listeners in West Tennessee on our Martin area station, we want to say hello to you. We are on each and every day on WTJS FM 93.1, the Talk of Jackson. And we appreciate all the folks at WTJS, the Talk of Jackson, that bring our show, Rodney, also Greg, and, of course, Tim, and all the staff there. Brad, who I think is... Uh, 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 maybe Ernest is a, a, definitely an alum of UT Martin, and I think Brad may have gone there too. So I'm, I'm trying to embarrass all these people here on the Y'all Show, but uh, they're UT Martin, home of the Skyhawks. And speaking of the Skyhawks, I was hoping that maybe you could go to Martin for the Tennessee Soybean Festival and mix in a little soybean festival with some Tennessee Martin Skyhawks football. Not the case. UT Martin plays at Missouri this weekend, and then next weekend when the soybean festival's all over Martin, I guess they knew what they were doing. They scheduled a game in Murfreesboro against the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. So they'll be away for the first two weeks of the season if you're wanting to see UT Martin. They will open their season in Martin against the UT Chattanooga Mocs on September the 15th. So Skyhawk fans, you're going to have to wait a little longer for the football team to come home. But you got the Soybean Festival, so I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Now, quickly, other events that we want to glance around and tell you that are coming up in early September. 
on September 7th and 8th, you've got the Coldwater Native American Festival going on in Tuscumbia, Alabama. That's northwest Alabama. Festival of the Horse in Georgetown, Kentucky. Knoxville's got the Tennessee Valley Fair starting September the 8th. And just west of Atlanta, the Gold Rush Festival starts on September 8th in Villa Rica, Georgia. And that's a look at all kinds of fun Dixie destinations for you to go our festive south for early September and especially this Labor Day weekend. And this Labor Day weekend, if you can work it in, you can go to Morgan City, Louisiana for the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. This is going to be the 83rd festival this year. And we'll tell you much more about it when we come back after the timeout. We'll be joined by Darby Ratcliffe, the director of the festival. And that's up next here on The Y'all Show. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. And this is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent at Y'all Show on Twitter. I'm your host, John Rawl. And as we roll on with this Thursday, y'all, we talk about Dixie destinations and festive south. Well, our Dixie destination is the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival in Morgan City in South Louisiana. And from that festival, we have the director, Darby Ratcliffe, joining us now on the phone. Hello, Darby. Welcome into the Y'all Show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're all getting ready for your 83rd Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Now, this is, of course, I mean, I don't know too many festivals that have been going on 83 years. That's quite an accomplishment. It is. We are the oldest state chartered harvest festival. Wow. Now, who's, who's even yeah. in second place? Do you know? Um, I believe that it is the International Rice Festival, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. You know where that is? That is in Crowley. Okay, Crowley, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Well, the mm-hmm. Shrimp and Petroleum Festival is known for its diverse music. You can hear all kinds of Zydeco, Cajun country, and other popular music. So music is a part of it. And so much fun. We're going to get into some of the events. But tell us, first of all, of course, if you've got a festival called Shrimp and Petroleum, there has to be a reason you pick those two items to celebrate. Tell me why. I can I know the answer, but just in case people across the <laughs> South don't know what happens in Morgan City, Louisiana. Yes. So um, the festival started in 1936 when the first jumbo shrimp catch came into the port of Morgan City from the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they paraded the streets, and that's what we call the first. Um, back then it was just the shrimp festival. And so it went on for a few years. They added more events. And then um, in 1967, the board decided to add in the petroleum part because those were the two industries that built the area. That's what drove our economy. Um, 
that's um so we pay homage to you know our heritage and our culture and what built our city to what it is okay and this goes on in downtown morgan city and as we said you got music is a big part of th this all begins friday and you go through that the weekend it's not just the one day event it goes all the way up until labor day monday with all kinds of activities and of course your part of louisiana does have lots of shrimp but you also have a lot of petroleum industry workers and a lot of companies that are in that area. Tell us about the impact that that industry has on your area of Louisiana. Um, it has a very large impact. Um, we're still kind of recovering from the um, downturn of the oil industry. Um, so, our, you know, our sponsorship money was down. Um, the companies just couldn't give what they had what they had in the past um, for the past couple years, but we're kind of seeing an uptick right now. Um, so hopefully, you know, that's a good sign for us. Um, you know, people are starting to hire and we see pipe moving along. So those are all good signs that um, we're getting into a better economy. Yeah. And luckily in the last couple of years, you haven't had BP oil spills and you also haven't had a major hurricane come through there. Fingers crossed that will be a long time before that happens again. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. All right, well, you, as we said, you got plenty of music. Hey, Wayne Toops is going to be playing Sunday. He'll be the, uh, I guess, headliner, if you want to call him that, uh, 9 to 11 yes. o'clock. Is he the mm -hmm. headliner of the entire festival this year? Um, We kind of we have a headliner every night. So okay. we have um, Keith Frank playing on Friday night from 9 to 11. We um, have um, a variety cover band sold out that will be playing on Saturday from 9 to 11. And then we have Wayne Toops playing from 9 to 11 on Sunday. Okay. Well, you have been and recognized. You've been recognized there in Morgan City with the Southeastern Tourism Society event. And I know that brings a lot of pride, knowing that you're one of the top events across the entire country, or in regions, yes, for sir. sure. Yes, mm sir. -hmm. Yes. Um, we were also selected this year. Um, Frito-Lay, um, they decided to release eight different flavors, their largest flavor release ever. And so they are going to eight different locations to sample these um, different chips that they're releasing. And we were selected as um, the location for the Cajun Spice Flavor Chip. <laughs> so they will actually be on festival grounds Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, giving out samples of the Cajun Spice Chip. And you said Doritos or Fritos? I couldn't hear. Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay. Frito -Lay. So, mm -hmm. both, mm -hmm. both items I love dearly, but Frito, <laughs> Frito chips with a Cajun seasoning to it? I'm yes, Cajun spice. Sign me up, Darby. <laughs> Do you like Cajun food? I know it, I'm asking that question because you're in the thick of Cajun country. Uh, sometimes when you live in an area, you don't really appreciate it. Do you like Cajun food? I sure do. Um, we just had crabs the other day, the first of the season. Oh, okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. Wow. What kind of crabs? Do you know? Boiled crabs. Boiled crabs. Okay. Well, and mm -hmm. they were good. Mm -hmm. Oh, they were delicious. All right. I'm sure you can find some good crabs somewhere around the shrimp and petroleum festival this weekend. Yes, we will have boiled shrimp, boiled crab. I think possibly crawfish, and then a variety of other dishes. Um, you know shrimp prepared any way that you want it we have funnel cakes and blue and onions and all the typical fair food um we've got a delicious menu this weekend 
Well, your festival is a little unique in not only its name, but the fact that you put on a festival over Labor Day weekend. Has that always been the case? And what is the big advantage you have having it on a big holiday weekend? Um, We have not always been on Labor Day weekend. There were a few years um, whenever the festival first started that they moved it, I think, um, into July. And then they actually moved it back. Um, I can't remember the exact year that they moved it back, and it's been that way ever since. Um, We have only canceled the festival twice in our history. We've rescheduled it twice, um, once in October. And I remember that festival. I think the other ones were kind of before my time. Really? Um, But the largest advantage that we have over Labor Day weekend is the fact that it's five days. We get that Monday off. There aren't any other festivals in Louisiana going on that time at that time so um we kind of kick off the festival season yeah we're talking with darby radcliffe of the louisiana shrimp and petroleum festival that takes place this weekend in morgan city in south louisiana and if you are in louisiana listening to our program or anywhere else in the south but especially if you're in louisiana and you're not going to the lone star state this weekend then this is where you need to go you need to go to morgan city and support the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Now, Darby, I must ask, do you know why people in Louisiana would head to Texas this weekend? I hear there's a football game going on. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually two football games involved in Louisiana schools that I'm aware of. Both Baton Rouge schools, Southern and LSU, play in the Metroplex as Southern takes on TCU and LSU takes on the Miami Hurricanes Sunday in Arlington, Texas. So are you going to that game? No, I will be uh, at the festival, but I'll be cheering on my alma mater. Yeah, I'm sure you – I could guess you probably were a Bayou Bengal fan, but uh, if they could have arranged a jet to sneak you out of the festival for a little bit and head over to Texas to cheer on Ed Orgeron's Tigers, that that would probably be something you'd be up for. Are they going to have a good year this year? I sure hope so. All right. Uh, Let me me hear your best Tiger Bait cheer. (laughs) <laughs> okay well let me let me come back to you at nighttime on a saturday night and have you say that and i think it'd be a little bit more <laughs> i know i know i know you're one of those crazy fans in death valley right oh yes all right darby let's talk about other than music what else does your festival offer for the attendees um we have a carnival that starts on thursday night and they roll until monday Mm -hmm. um we have an arts and crafts show that we feature over 130 vendors um we have the music we have a 5k on saturday morning we have some children's day events on saturday um we have a children's village that's free to all children. We have, you know, bounce houses, face painting, um, different games. And then Sunday is our most traditional day. Um, we have the Mass in the Park, hopefully um, the weather permits, um, that will be in the park this year. And then after that, we have the Blessing of the Fleet, which will be on the Berwick docks um, for this year. And then we have our street parade on Sunday afternoon, followed by the fireworks Sunday night, and then um, we have just a, we have a community workout on Monday morning, the arts and crafts show and music, and then we um, end about seven thirty on Monday. 
Well, a full weekend plus a couple of days of the yes. Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Was that your idea to have so many things going on? Uh, we try to bring uh, something new each year. Um, so we've got a few uh, different things that are happening for this year. All right. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, kind of taking maybe a page out of Mardi Gras, you all have royalty there at the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Tell me about your queen and your king. I like that. Uh-huh. Um, this year's king is Mr. David Patterson. Um, he um, is part owner of Central Boat Rentals. Um, our past Kings Club actually selects the king, oh. um, and they do different events throughout the festival weekend. And then our queen is Miss Kaylee Desitel, and she is um, part of our maid court. We had 13 girls who were vying for queen this year, and they are selected by an interview with our board of directors back in June. And she um, does not find out until we crown her, um, which was last Saturday night at our coronation and ball. Oh, wow. Well, a great event. In Morgan City, right along the Atchafalaya River, and help people if they aren't quite sure how to get to Morgan City or the time involved to get to Morgan City. How do you best tell people where you're located in Louisiana? We are about um, an hour and a half from New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Lafayette, um, depending on which direction you're going. Um, so we're right in the middle of it all. Um, toward toward the Gulf of Mexico. Directions. You're down toward the Gulf of Mexico, though. Yes, yes. Um, we have the directions on our website, uh, shrimpandpetroleum.org, mm -hmm. if anyone needs uh, help getting here. Yeah. Now, for people coming, let's say, from Baton Rouge, do you recommend they come through Donaldsonville? Yes, that is one of the routes um, um, in going over the Sunshine Bridge, and then you come in through LA-70. Uh-huh. Yep, that's definitely Cajun country and uh, alligator country all through there. <laughs> yes. You're not going to get bit by alligator if you come to Morgan City this weekend, are you? Um, I sure hope not. Uh, okay. um, what about yeah, they're, they're fixing to go into hibernation. Okay. What, <laughs> what about mosquitoes? Can you promise us we won't get bit by a mosquito? Oh, if only I had a switch to turn <laughs> off those mosquitoes. Yeah. Well, it should be a fun event. It's the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Shrimpandpetroleum.org is the website. And Darby Ratcliffe has been our special guest talking about the event. Anything else we need to know before we get in the car and head to Morgan City? Come hungry and thirsty, and uh, you'll have a good time. Oh, now, now you got me interested. What, what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of special food do you have at this festival that we can't get anywhere else? Um, let's see. We have our famous uh, Central Catholic Burgers. That, ah. um, it's a local school that they um, cook hamburgers, and it's only around festival time that you can get them. Um, there's also one item that I'm particularly excited about, um, another nonprofit. They are actually doing what they're calling a crab fredo, which is like an Alfredo pasta with a crab cake topped with um, shrimp something or another on top of it. Oh, okay. That sounds Yeah, sounds delicious. And you mentioned something about drinks. Can you have alcoholic drinks at this festival? You sure can. Um, our Kiwana, our local Kiwanas group, they sell um, the famous hurricanes and margaritas. We also have a beer booth and what we um, call a frozen Petro Punch, wow. which is a frozen um, rum daiquiri. Wow. Uh, it sounds great. And, of course, if you don't like alcoholic drinks, you got uh, plenty of non-alcoholic drinks, I hope. 
Yes, uh, we've got um, Coke products, water. We have Roy's Fresh Lemonade, um, and I think that's about it. And, of course, you should have plenty of shrimp options there at the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Maybe you even give away gas. Do you give away gas and oil at this festival? <laughs> I think back uh, in the day they used to give out gas cards, but that hasn't happened for quite some time. Oh, man. Now, that would really help your numbers out if you're looking to have visitors. It would, yes. What's your hotel situation there if people are coming from out of town? Um, we have um, a good bit of hotel options. Um, you can find all of our hotels on the Cajun Coast website, which is our um, visitor center. Um, they have a list of um, where you can book. Okay. Um, we are a free festival, so there is no charge to enter. Um, so we are unique in that sense. But, you know, you can get in free and listen to some great music and buy some delicious food and drinks and have a good time. All right, again, that music that you can listen to at the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival, Zydeco, Cajun Country, and other great music. And we want to thank Darby Ratcliffe of the festival for being our special guest in our Dixie destination this weekend's Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. Thank you very much, Darby. You have a great festival. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We appreciate it, and best of luck. Well, that will put a wrap on hour one of today's Y'all Show. In hour two, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Auburn Tiger football. We're going to visit with Taylor Jones of the website PowerOfDixieLand.com. That's all ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. It's football time in Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. Am I leaving anyone out? Oklahoma. Yeah, I forgot about you. Yeah, this is the first Thursday of college football. Hello, welcome to the Y'all Show with college football fan John Rawl. Get your college colors on. Remember, this is the, the weekend, and I think it's tomorrow, the official day, College Colors Day. Everybody puts on their favorite team's apparel. And don't put on an NFL team. It's college game day, college colors day. Even if your team has a color that some fans find offensive, it could be that some may not like the Texas burnt orange. Usually it's the teams with orange that most people poke fun at. It could be that Clemson or Auburn orange. It could be the Tennessee orange, which is kind of famous. Or it could be some shade of green. Tulane, we're looking at you. We know you've got some crazed fans out there. I, I think you do. But, yeah, it's it's college football season. And this weekend is the start of it, the, the real start. We had a, a couple of so-called preseason games last weekend, but 
Now everybody pretty much suits up and gets after it. And games start today. Texas A&M is playing tonight at Kyle Field against Northwestern State. The Demons come over from Natchitoches, Louisiana. I hope I said that right. Remember, Louisiana, there's Natchitoches, and then in Texas, it's Nacogdoches. And if I butchered that word, I am sorry. I promise you, I am not the first person to mess that up. I think it's the easier pronunciation is the Texas city, which is home of the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin, who have a big game Saturday in Starkville against Mississippi State. Ring, 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 ring those cowbells, Bulldog fans. Lumberjack fans, I don't know if you're going to bring chainsaws into the stadium, but I don't think they'll be allowed. But cowbells are allowed. Just You have to, as they say in Starkville, ring responsibly. But college football, SEC action, A&M going tonight. There's some ACC teams playing tonight. There's some ACC games on Friday night. I know Duke plays at home against the Army Black Knights. The soldiers march down from West Point, and they play Duke at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. David Cutcliffe, is his team going to get a victory against Army? I think last year those teams, those two played, and Army came out victorious. Army had a good year last year, and we don't mind talking about Army and Navy and Air Force here on the Y'all Show because those are our federal academies, and we have people from all over the South that go to those schools and are from those schools, and they, they really represent everybody. They may be geographically in other places, but they're all of our schools. So you may hear me talk about Navy somewhat or Army or even Air Force. I'm not going to talk about the Coast Guard Academy, though. They do have a football team, but I don't even know what level of football they play there in uh, New England. But it is fun times. College football is back. And speaking of college football, coming up, Tomorrow on the show, we're going to introduce to you something we've been doing for years, syndicated across the South, General Gridiron. It is a 13-minute long show where a fellow that you might recognize the voice becomes General Gridiron, and we have a fun look at the weekend's college football lineup, and we put a fun spin on it, and it's talking about mascots and traditions and poking fun at college football. You'll just have to listen and you'll understand what we're talking about. But that debut of General Gridiron will be on the Friday, y'all, and that General Gridiron will be a weekly installment on the Friday edition of y'all. You'll hear it throughout all of college football season, our picks. The General's Victor each Friday when the General Gridiron Show airs as a part of the y'all show. I think you'll like it. I, I think you will. Again, this is also syndicated across the southeast, so you may have heard it already on maybe your local radio stations. We have stations all the way from South Carolina to Texas, from Florida to Pennsylvania. We have affiliates, about 55 this year, carrying the General Gridiron Show. And we have a video version that you can watch on YouTube. So if you want to see the show, you can actually watch it. And that's a, a fun thing to, to see on social media and such. It's the General Gridiron on the Friday Y'all Show. Now, we're not done talking college football today. And just a few here on the Y'all Show, we're going to talk to Taylor Jones from PowerofDixieland.com. And he is an Auburn Tiger man. And he's going to tell us about the Gus Malzahn coached Auburn Tigers. Jarrett Stidham's under center. 
And this quarterback who had a phenomenal 2017 is back on the plains. And Auburn has a tough game in week one when they welcome to Atlanta. They're playing back at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Washington Huskies come from Seattle. The Dogs and the Tigers are the Plainsmen or the War Eagles. Auburn talk in a big form is up next here on the Y'all Show after we get through what we call now By the Book. And By the Book is where we take a look at books across the Southeast. You know, this is a holiday weekend, and you've earned a chance to catch your breath. And for many of you, it to, to really relax, you need a good book. And some of you may want to do it on an iPad or read it on a Kindle. But if you're like me and old-fashioned, you just love to have a real book in your hand. And on the Y'all Show, we try to periodically have what we call Buy the Book, where we talk about Southern books, Southern writers. And we love to do that. We've been doing that. I thought we'd do something a little different since this is a holiday weekend where maybe you have a little bit more time and you want to maybe fit in at the carpool or at the office, maybe at the country club, with all the people that read books just like you may, and you want to be up to speed with the national scene. Today on the Y'all Show, we're going to, in our Buy the Book, we're actually going to go through the New York Times bestseller list right now. And some of these books may have a Southern connection, some may not, but I just want to tell you what's out there in case you haven't paid attention to the bestsellers lately. This could give you a glimpse of maybe what to pick up and read. Our first offering is from the combined print and ebook fiction category of the bestsellers list. And this ties in to the movie that's out currently right now. The book by Kevin Kwan, Crazy Rich Asians, about when a New Yorker gets a surprise when she spends the summer with her boyfriend in Singapore. That should be a fun read, whether you're of Asian heritage or not. Crazy Rich Asians, number one right now on the bestseller list for combined print and ebook fiction. Also on this list is a name you're going to hear a lot of. James Patterson comes in at number two with his book, kind of got a southern theme to it, Texas Ranger. He wrote that with Andrew Burrell. That's number two on the fiction list for combined print and ebook. Number three is Origin from Dan Brown. Number four is Sharp Objects from Jillian Flynn, and number five, Feared, and I hope I don't mess the name up, from Lisa Scottaline. Those are the combined print and ebook fiction bestsellers from the New York Times. Now to hardcover fiction, and that same James Patterson book, Texas Ranger, number one. Number two is another book penned by James Patterson, but this one, he got a little help. He wrote this one with President Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton and James Patterson teamed up for the book, The President is Missing, about President Jonathan Duncan. I don't remember reading about him in the history books, but yeah, this is a fictional book, so that's why. But Bill Clinton making money off the, the fiction books. Good for him. Tailspin is a book out by Sandra Brown. That comes in at number three on the hardcover fiction list. Number four, a guy that's had pretty good success writing books, Stephen King and The Outsider, 13 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. And coming in is at number five, that same Lisa Scottaline book, Feared, on the hardcover fiction category. Now when we go to nonfiction, a couple of books out there in the combined print and ebook nonfiction bestseller list, our friend 
Omarosa Manigault Newman. Her book, Unhinged, number one, numero uno right now. Of course, I haven't heard much from her in the last few days. She was all over the news when this book was first coming out, and she leaked all kind of audio from the White House. She may be in big trouble for that at some point. But Omarosa's book, Unhinged, number one on the bestseller print and ebook nonfiction list. Tying in the president, Trump, at number two, and you're going to see Trump have a big impact on the books for nonfiction. Greg Jarrett, Fox News analyst, his book, The Russia Hoax, is number two. That's a brand new book. It's only been out about a month now, and that's number two. Number three is Tara Westover's Educated. Number four, another Fox News host, Judge Janine Pirro, in her book, I love this name, Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, all three L words. So the L word has a new meaning if you're reading a Judge Janine Pirro book. And of course, she comes on Fox on the weekend. Her Saturday night show is pretty well watched, and she falls into the Fox philosophy of bragging. She loves to brag about her success and her book success, and I guess I'm jealous. Uh, if I had the kind of numbers and I had a number four best-selling book, I would be bragging maybe too, but boy, that, that's part of the, the Fox policy is uh, always first and best, even though I don't think they are, but they are entertaining, and a lot of you watch and listen, and that's great, but I do like her. I mean, she's, she's a firecracker. I think she's pushing 70. I don't mean to judge. <laughs> That's a good good pun there, Judge Janine. I don't mean to judge, but she is she's she's up there in age, and she is uh, beautiful and very active. And as we remember from a few weeks ago, she doesn't mind telling it like it is. And she and Whoopi Goldberg got into it on the View. If you remember that story from a couple of weeks ago, number five on the combined print and ebook nonfiction list, another Trump-related book. House of Trump, House of Putin, from author Craig Unger. And that is out there now. Now, hardcover nonfiction, you'll see the same Omarosa book, Unhinged at number one, followed by The Russia Hoax, followed by Judge Jeanine Pirro's book. Number four is Educated and House of Trump, House of Putin, number five. Now, when you go to paperback nonfiction, you've got a couple of different titles popping up here. Black Klansman is a book by author Ron Stallworth. This Seems interesting because when I first saw this, you think, oh gosh, here we go, another book bashing the South. But actually, this takes place in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The first black detective of the Colorado Springs Police Department goes undercover to investigate the Ku Klux Klan. And if this undercover guy was black and he became a Klansman, which that's the name of the book, Black Klansman, <laughs> that, that is worth a read right there. That's hard to believe. But I'll have to say that as a proud Southerner, and I know we don't have the best history here, but since we're a Southern show, we can say this. We all know the KKK in the South, at least in 2018, is essentially irrelevant. It is, and that's a good thing. They may have a few people here and there, but they are irrelevant. And when they've tried to organize and, and do anything in the South in modern times, they are so pathetic, they, they're laughed at. They're they run out. I was at a football game one time where the Klan came and had a rally, and it was just a handful of them. And they got so embarrassed by the people jeering at them that after like 20 minutes, after all the chaos they brought, they wimped out and left. 
I mean, it's just there may be bad people in the South, but at least in 2018, the KKK ain't one of them. Now, the Klan may be stronger in other parts of the country, and maybe they're just doing a good job of hiding it, but they, they are a non-factor. And I'm, who am I to say I'm a white guy? But I, I think even blacks would say, okay, when's the last time you saw a Klansman in a robe walking down the streets of a city or doing some of the intimidation they did in the old days? It doesn't really happen, okay? And that's a great thing, okay? So there are other bad people and bad bad citizenry in the South, but the Klan's not one of them, and we hope that stays that way, okay? All right, enough of my soap opera. Number two on the paperback nonfiction, Sapiens, is out there right now. Number three, this is a book, when I saw this, it kind of, kind of brings a tear to your eye because it's great that the book's on the number three bestseller list for paperback nonfiction, but the book is Kitchen Confidential by renowned chef and CNN host and late, great Anthony Bourdain. This book was originally published back in the year 2000, and it's back on the bestseller list. And I love watching that show. And Kitchen Confidential, a book that kind of put him on the map, is making a lot of money for his estate, I assume, by Anthony Bourdain. And they're going to be releasing his final shows, I think, on CNN throughout the fall. Number four on the paperback nonfiction list, Killers of the Flower Moon by David Grand. And that is taking place in Oklahoma. And that should be a southern read that uh, you might want to check out. It's been on the bestseller list for 20 weeks, Killers of the Flower Moon. And finally, author Brian Stevenson's book, Just Mercy. It's been on the list a long time. And that is out on the paperback nonfiction bestseller list. And we hope that helps make you a little bit more aware of what's out there nationally. And perhaps you might want to go to a bookstore across the southeast and pick up a good weekend read for the long Labor Day weekend that is upon us. This is the Y'all Show. We love to talk about books. We love to talk about music. And we love to talk about football. And we've got Auburn Tiger football coming up in a big old way after the break as we welcome in from PowerOfDixieland.com, Taylor Jones. He's going to set the stage for Auburn football 2018. War Eagle. That's up next here on the Y'all Show with the General, John Raw. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. 
Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. It's the Y'all Show, where we talk all things Southern. Your host, John Rawl, back with you here. It's time now on the Y'all Show for SEC Spotlight, and it is SEC football time across the Southland as all teams will be up and going this weekend, and we are all excited. And maybe the most intriguing matchup of the whole weekend is going to be happening at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta where the Auburn Tigers will be taking on the Washington Huskies in one of these Chick-fil-A kickoff games. This always seems to be a great matchup Chick-fil-A puts together. And this year's game between Auburn and Washington is going to be an instant classic, I feel. We have Auburn insider Taylor Jones joining us now. And Taylor is with PowerOfDixieLand.com, and he's worked with me for many years. Taylor, how's everything on the Plains? Uh, everything's going well. We're just excited to see how it all unfolds on Saturday. How are you, John? I am doing great. And I know Auburn is, let's remind everybody, if you're not an Auburn fan, by the way, we just played the Auburn War Eagle fight song. I love that song. Taylor, I don't know if you had a hand in writing that one, but even if you're not an Auburn fan, you got to respect. That's one heck of a song. Yeah, it does. It gives me chills every <laughs> single time. You know, along that and the eagle flying and yeah. tiger walk and all, that's just one of the, the main staples that gets me pumped for, you know, really anything, whether it's a football game or a doctor's appointment or whatever. Yeah. I just put that on and I'm good to go. Oh, I mean, I've got a young son who doesn't like Auburn, but he likes that song. And we'll just, uh, in Jeff, sometimes we'll just say War Eagle and then he'll go fly down the field. Was it ever to conquer, never defeat? Never to yield, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm learning here. But uh, big, hopefully Auburn fans Saturday in Atlanta are going to hear that song a lot, played by the Auburn band. And Gus Malzahn, we want to remind everybody, especially Alabama fans, that Auburn is your defending SEC West champion. Now, that may not mean much in Auburn because of what happened the rest of the way after that uh, championship crown happened against Alabama. They ended up losing to Georgia in the SEC championship, and then sadly they lost to Central Florida in the Peach Bowl. Not exactly the kind of ending, but Auburn's trying to put that behind them. And Taylor, how are the Tigers putting that behind them here in 2018? 
I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching Jarrett Stidham. Uh, I feel like he's grown a lot, uh, you know, going from the Georgia Southern game and even the Clemson game last year to what he did against Georgia and Alabama at the end of the year. I was really impressed with how much he grew, and that was one thing that Coach Malzahn said right in the beginning. He said, yeah, I know you guys want to pump this guy up because of what he did at Baylor, but at the same time, you've got to remember he hasn't played college football uh, full speed in about a year and a half. So you've really got to look out for him. And I think that he's really come together now. He's learned the offense. He's learned Gus Malzahn's strategy as well as Coach Chip Lindsey's. Uh, there's a couple of things on offense I am looking for. One is uh, running back and carry uh, on Johnson. You know, of course, you know, he did what he did now doing very well with the Detroit Lions. Cameron Petway, a guy that it kind of broke my heart to watch him play last year because I'm so used to watching him play, uh, you know, like the Ole Miss game, for instance, uh, in 2016, John. I know you probably remember that game very well where he very famously said that they didn't want to tackle me when he was, you know, asked about why he had such a successful game. And then I went over to Death Valley and watched him play against Clemson in that second game after Kerryon Johnson wasn't able to go, and it just – kind of look like that pitcher that you've watched for 10 years and he's consistently throwing a 95-mile-per-hour fastball and he just doesn't have the stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, kind of very kind of very hard to watch, and now I think he's a high school football coach down in Montgomery, Alabama. So they, you know, none of those guys are back, but they do have Cam Martin. He has some experience. But I am excited to watch two freshmen, a redshirt freshman in Jatarvius Whitlow, a guy they call Booby, and then <laughs> Bo- whoa, Alabama's. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said Booby? Booby Whitlow is what he okay. uh, what he wants to be called, and there's also uh, Asa Martin, a guy from Austin High School near uh, Huntsville, Alabama. That's the defending uh, Mister uh, Football in the state of Alabama. He's competing for a spot in the running back core as well. So those are two guys I'm really looking forward to watching. On the offensive line too, they lose a whole lot. Austin Golson and Braden Smith are two guys that come to mind when I think of those great offensive lines over the last couple of years. But they do have one guy that's transferring in from UMass by the name of Jack Driscoll. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, it's UMass. You know, they don't really don't play a whole lot of people. But in their transition from FCS to FBS, they – played a lot of really good teams including sec schools he's played at the swamp in florida he's played against georgia he's played a couple of games against mississippi state and you know even more and more teams that they've played and he's had pretty you know pretty good success against all three of those schools and everybody he's played so i feel like he's going to be a really good anchor on the line to watch and defensively gosh i mean they've they've you know got everything almost everybody coming back it seems like a few defensive backs uh, they're going to have to replace. But, I mean, other than that, I think they're going to be okay. And, and I'll even go into the kicking game as well. I mean, you've got uh, Daniel Carlson, who uh, they, they called Legatron and seemed like he never missed. His little brother, Anders Carlson, is going to be taking over the kicking duty. So I'm looking to see what the little guy can do. Yeah. Well, you mentioned some fresh faces. And I guess, unfortunately for Auburn fans, that team up in Tuscaloosa won a national championship again in 2017 and frankly i didn't pay all that much attention to auburn's recruiting but you're telling me about some freshmen that are going to be seeing the field in 2018 how did auburn end up doing recruiting wise this year i think they did pretty well i mean it seems like there were you know more four and five star guys and i can remember auburn having in quite some time and even 2019 they're doing a really good job of recruiting and you know we talked to you know about some of those freshmen that could be uh big contributors on the in running the football as well but yeah. there's two other quarterbacks that i mean they were already on the team uh one being malik willis who was named the second quarterback but a really good quarterback out of florida joey gatewood is 
uh, now on the roster. He's third, maybe can get some time and uh, garbage time as well. But next year, I'm really looking forward to what they can bring in too. Uh, two guys, especially that I watched on a Saturday on ESPN between uh, Hoover High School and Pinson Valley High School. Pinson Valley's quarterback, Bo Nix, Patrick Nix's son, the guy that uh, saved the day in the 1993 Iron Bowl, if you remember that pass to Frank Sanders. And then George Pickens, who played out of his mind for Hoover, a wide receiver. So, I mean, the future is looking pretty good for Auburn right now, but it's even brighter coming up later on. Wow. Well, I know Auburn fans are excited to hear Taylor speaking right here on the Y'all Show. This is Taylor Jones we're talking to, and he is with PowerOfDixieLand.com. And he's been on the Plains for many years and very involved with Auburn athletics and coverage of Auburn athletics. And we're excited to have Taylor's analysis here on the Y'all Show. Taylor, we're going to have you talk about some SEC teams coming up after the break. But before we do that, give us your take on Auburn football 2018. What is your prediction on how this season is going to go for Gus Malzahn? You know, I want to say that they'll go 12-0. and I feel like they've got the team to do so, but the big thing to remember is they have three really tough road games in the conference. That's at Mississippi State, where they do have a really good offense, but they, knew ha- they do have a new head coach. So that'll be interesting to see. And then Amen Corner is probably one of the toughest that it's been in many, many years, where they have to go to Georgia and to Alabama to end the season. <laughs> so I'll say, you know, best-case scenario, they'll go 12-0. and They'll do... Uh, what they did last year, just really turn it up there at the end of the season. But I think it's going to be really hard to do. Worst case scenario, I can see them going nine and three with that game coming up on Saturday against Washington being one to really look out for as well. Now, you just used a good old Augusta National phrase that I've never heard applied to Auburn. Is that a common phrase, a amen corner for Auburn fans? Or, or did you just Yeah, make that's. It? Yeah, that, that's one. Um, I'm not exactly sure who made it up, but when I was on a radio show a few years ago, somebody called in and said, well, it's time for Amen Corner. You've got Georgia and you've got Alabama to end the season. I was like, I really can't. I, I can't find a better term to explain those two <laughs> games. I mean, it's it's very tough no matter what kind of year Auburn has, no matter what kind of year Georgia has. and Even in the Dennis Francione, uh, Alabama years, it's like, wow, those are, you know, two really tough games coming up. So I'm not really sure who coined the phrase, but I really like it. I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> I like it too. It is great. I mean, remember Auburn has these two Goliaths every year right there at the end, and these are two rivalry games. And Auburn, to their credit, they've held their, I guess, using a golf phrase, they've held their, I guess it's more of a tennis phrase, held their serve in a lot of these years against both Georgia and Alabama we saw last year. Heck, they got the sweep last year. Yeah, they did. They uh, hung up uh, 40 points on Georgia and then beat Alabama by 10 points, which is something that I haven't seen Auburn do in quite some time, even before Nick Saban got there. So really gave Auburn fans a lot of hope. And uh, little did I know they would be playing in, the, in a national championship game, the Peach Bowl, yeah. after uh, UCF was officially recognized by one pollster as the national champion. So, yeah, I mean they, uh, you know, couldn't couldn't quite get them, couldn't quite get Georgia in that SEC championship game, but uh, you know that you know really gave Auburn fans some hope, I think, and I think that really helped in the recruiting aspect as well that they could hang with both of those teams no matter how good of a year they were having. Yep, we're talking with Taylor Jones here on the Y'all Show. We'll go to a break. When we come back, I'm going to get Taylor to comment on Jared Stidham compared to the other great quarterbacks across the Southeastern Conference, and we'll get Taylor's take on the SEC West and his thoughts on all of college football, what's going on with the sport. This is the Y'all Show. More SEC talk is ahead. 
Credit products are issued by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Offer lasts for 90 days from air date. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gift card offer valid only for new customers applying for a personal loan. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Medical bills, credit card bills, auto loan bills. Oh, no. Are you stressed trying to get your bills paid each month? Wouldn't it be a huge relief to make just one simple payment? Get that relief today with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Avant is an online leading platform that has rescued hundreds of thousands of Americans struggling with the stress of high interest debt. That could save you money, simplify your life, and erase all that stress. The application is quick, and you could have the money you need as soon as the next business day if approved by 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. And now, get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 1818 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 1818. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Back into the Y'all Show with John Rawl here as we talk all things SEC on Thursday afternoons. And we're joined now by Taylor Jones, and he is with the website PowerOfDixieLand.com, and they do a great job of breaking down Auburn sports. We encourage you to go there and learn all about what's going on in War Eagle country. Taylor, Jarrett Stidham returns as the quarterback, and he, of course, if you don't remember from 2017, was a transfer to Auburn where he originally started out at Baylor, right? That's where he started? Yes. Uh -huh. And then with all the awful things within the Baylor program, he ended up leaving Baylor, and then he was like some kind of high school assistant coach or something like that? Yeah, he decided he wanted to go to McLennan Community College, I think just outside of Waco. And what they allowed him to do was since uh, – I'm not sure – I don't think they had a football program. I, I'm trying to think of the – yeah. reason he didn't play i think that's yeah, because they don't have a football program so what he did was well since i'm not going to be able to play football i'd much rather you know just go to junior college get my core classes out of the way and make it to where i don't have to fit out of here and i'm going to be the scout team quarterback at a local high school <laughs> so that was what he did during the 2016 season so I, that's a pretty, pretty interesting story i think and uh kept him from getting you know more rusty than we originally thought 
Well, he he was a, a very much a surprise. Did he win any kind of honors last year? Last year that you remember? Ah. Uh, can't really remember off the top of my okay. head. I'll have to look that one yeah, up and I, let you know. But I mean, we, uh, it, we had a conference that two teams from it played for the national championship. Those two teams we mentioned that are on the amen corner of Auburn's schedule each and every year, and that that had to hurt. Right. I mean, tell me, who did you pull for in that game? Uh, I was I, I had to pull for the dogs just because I I know it's kind of weird for me to say this, but like all of my family lives in Georgia, and I've probably got more friends that pull for Georgia than I do for Alabama. And it was just one of those that, you know, you hear about the great Vince Dooley teams and the Herschel Walker teams and how uh, so many things have gone right up until the last second for Georgia. And you're just like, oh, this is probably finally the year that you're going to get over that hump because I remember how happy I was when Auburn won their first title since 1957 back in 2010 and was just thinking of how happy I was that that happened. And I wanted Georgia fans to kind of feel that same way. And you know, much like Georgia fashion, and I'm, I'm an Atlanta sports fan, too, so it seems like everything that happens to the Falcons, everything that happens to the Braves is the same thing that happens to Georgia. So it's like, you know, you think of the Hail Mary deflection in 2013 against Auburn and the Hail Mary against Tennessee in 2016. You think, okay, Alabama or uh, Georgia's got it, and then right at the end, Alabama took it away from them. So, I mean, I, I was pulling for them, and I hurt with them for about a day. Yeah. That was the good news. You could just kind of flush it away and all that. But I know as an Auburn person, you have to. You were really torn, and I know it, it pains you to see Alabama win. However, if Georgia had won, that would have maybe made it difficult uh, for for Auburn because here's another team that's got a recent national championship. Of which, do you really need more teams around Auburn to win national champions? It's bad enough when Alabama wins them. It's bad enough when let's say a Florida wins or even a Tennessee, but golly, it's been so long since Georgia's won one. I know Auburn, to some degree, may find some kind of satisfaction knowing, well, at least we still won one in the last uh, decade, and Georgia hasn't won one since 1980. Well, let's talk about Stidham compared to other quarterbacks. What is your take on the SEC quarterback race this year? Who is the thoroughbred in, in front leading the pack? I guess I would have to go with Jared Sidham just okay. because there are so many uncertainties out there. I know Nick Fitzgerald is probably a close second over at Mississippi State. I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do. But I think I, I just want to see him win one big game. And I know last year's LSU game was pretty big for Mississippi State, but LSU really you know, didn't turn out to be as good as we thought that they were going to be. So, you know, until, uh, until Fitzgerald can – uh, get his team over the hump and get a big win, I think I'll put him number two. And the number three is whoever wins the quarterback battle at Alabama. We saw what Jalen Hurts has been able to do, and we've seen what Tua Tagovailoa has been doing. And a lot of people over here especially is like, oh, well, it's Tua's job to lose. It's Tua's job to lose. But my thing is we've only seen him play one half of football. Yeah. And we've seen Jalen Hurts lead your team to 28-2 and two into two straight national titles. So you can't put him out of the way yet. So whoever wins that battle, I'd say number three. And then number four, huh, probably i go ahead and say Jake Fromm. I mean, I know he's you know pretty undersized and all, but I, he's really smart when it comes to throwing the football. And I don't think Justin Fields is quite ready to step up and take that role. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't happen, a situation that happened last year with Jacob Eason where he went down in the first game and then coming in to save the day was Jake Fromm. And he ended up winning the uh, – winning the quarterback battle mm -hmm. so i'd say those, those are probably my top four 
and then top five, I guess I'd have to go with uh, Jake Bentley over at South Carolina. Who has a Auburn Opelika connection? Has he graduated yeah. high school there? Yeah. So uh, the uh, what is it? Auburn High School Baby Tigers? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's what they they. I think that's unofficially what they call. But that's what all the the locals that have you know grown up in Auburn and graduated. That's what they call them, the the Baby Tigers. It's uh, it's it's a really fun nickname. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, I like it. What are the school colors for Auburn High School? Uh, royal blue and black. Oh, okay. Not no orange there. Not quite. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they. Uh, I guess. I guess they wanted some, some sort of identity that was that was their own. But they. Uh, they kept the blue in there for for good spirits. I guess. Taylor, you said that you think Auburn's going to go nine and three, at least possibly ten and two this year. What other SEC teams can have that kind of season in twenty eighteen? Um, I expect Georgia to do pretty well. I also expect Alabama to do pretty well too. Mississippi State actually did a blog post back in the summer of you know ranking how uh, how tough each SEC opponent would be for Auburn, and I put Mississippi State towards the bottom of the pack. And the only reason was because there was so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Because we know what Dan Mullen has done with that program and done for that program in the last eight or nine years that he was there, and I feel like he left it in good shape. He definitely left it in much better shape than when he got it so it's just adjusting to coach Joe Moorhead and I think of those great Penn State offenses that have come through the last couple of years and I think if that can be a quick transition the Mississippi State will be a really tough team uh, to contend in the SEC West which I know is going to be tough to say yeah they had a really good year but they finished third in the West that's going to be really hard for them and uh, I think yeah LSU is going to uh going to be a little tough to really figure out because I think I think I saw somewhere the other day that their running back core they don't have a single running back on their team that has a rushing touchdown so that's going to be yeah that's going to be really interesting to look out for Texas A&M with coach Jimbo Fisher I think that's going to probably I think they're going to do well but it'll take a couple of years to uh to really transition because A&M was such a High pace, you know, we're probably going to throw five wide receivers out there and Jimbo Fisher's more of a, hey, let's throw a fullback and put the quarterback under center, you know, kind of a, kind of a guy. So that may be, uh, maybe hard to transition into the first year. I still expect them to be really good. Over on the Eastern side, South Carolina, I think is going to be much, much improved. And I think if Florida can figure out their quarterback situation, they may be pretty good too. You know, they've got, Felipe Franks and I can't remember his first name. I know his last name is Trask. But there's also a guy that grew up just over the state line from where I grew up over in Heard County, Georgia. His name's Emory Jones. That's made a lot of noise as well. And I think Dan Mullen with his track record of really good quarterbacks, you look at what Nick Fitzgerald's doing at Mississippi State and Dak Prescott before him, I think that quarterback situation, whoever wins it, is going to be vastly improved. So I, uh, I, I want to say that my Auburn Tigers will be there, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're not. Um, I'd say probably Alabama and Georgia will be competing for the SEC title game, and hopefully Auburn can do that little Alabama slide where they you know, sneak in there to the college football playoff and can get a shot at either one of those two teams. I like that, the Alabama slide. Who do you think is going to be finishing second on the eastern side of the bracket? Uh, I'll probably have to go with South Carolina. Okay. Is because I think Lee Muschamp's been there long enough, and I think that he's you know gotten the Gamecocks you know not where he wants to be obviously because everybody's goal is to play in Atlanta every year for the SEC championship game. But 
Uh, I think Florida's still got a little while to go in Missouri. They've got a really good quarterback that some are saying is going to go uh, top five in the NFL draft next year, along with our Auburn quarterback, Jared Stedham. But I don't think there's a whole lot around him that can really help them be successful this year. So I'll go with the uh, Carolina Gamecocks. And remember that in Columbia, when Will Muschamp went there, he went there from Auburn, and he took a lot of Auburn people with him, did he not? Yeah, he did. I can think off the top of my head. You know, we were talking about Jake Bentley a second ago. His dad, Bobby Bentley, who's a coaching legend over in South Carolina in the high school ranks. He was uh, he was an administrator over at Auburn. He's over there. Traverius Robinson, the guy that I watched growing up play cornerback over at Auburn as the defensive coordinator over at uh, South Carolina now. And uh, I think they, he got a couple of transfers over yeah. there, too, some freshmen that wanted to follow Coach Muschamp. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, got a lot of Auburn connections over in South Carolina, and I think that's really working out for him. Now, you mentioned uh, what Jimbo Fisher is doing in College Station. He's changing the offense. Now, Gus Malzahn at Auburn, he is still running that hurry-up type offense that was all the rage four or five years ago. Ole Miss was doing it. A lot of teams around the country were doing it. But it seems to me maybe teams are getting away from it. But Auburn's not. So am I right on that, that that uh, offense just seems to be fading a little bit in popularity? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, like the, the, the concept is still there, but they're trying to find a way to make it unique because even like I, I you know, try to use this example too, and I think that's what got Brett Bielema in trouble at Arkansas and Les Miles as well over at LSU is that, you know, this is a, this is a type of college football that you need to adapt or die. And when the hurry up, no huddle came out, there was a lot of concern about injuries and substitutions and, and everything. And the two guys that really stood out and said, Hey, we have a problem with this is Brett Bielema, the former coach of Arkansas and coach Nick Saban over at Alabama, but coach Nick Saban, he says, okay, well, I tried, it's not going to go away. I'm going to try to adapt to this. And he's done wonders. So, I mean, it's probably trying to find a way of how can you make this unique? Okay. And Malzahn, I think, is still uh, trying to learn how to do that. Uh, one thing being, I hope that it's gone completely. Uh, they mentioned it a couple weeks ago, the uh, the Cox cat, where Chandler Cox, the H-back, is used as a quarterback in the uh, Wildcat formation. And it worked 0% of the time. So really? hopefully that's one of those things that he, uh, <laughs> that he gets away from and, Hopefully there's some, you know, he can, you know, use some other uh, ways to get the running backs involved as well and see if he can space out the wide receivers a little bit too. So, I mean, it's uh, like everybody's, you know, got their uniqueness to them and hopefully he continues to find ways to keep being different and keep things current and uh, the Auburn offense can be successful. Well, Coach Malzahn, at the end of 2017, Auburn did clinch that West Division title. The last two games were disasters for Auburn fans. However, Coach Malzahn was rewarded for his season. Do you happen to know the numbers about his contract extension? He's going to be there for a long time. I know that. I can't remember the exact uh, number of dollars that he's got rolling in, but it was one of those that made me pretty happy as an Auburn fan. And there's some people out there that are like, oh, well, you know, Gus Malzahn, I don't think, deserves that money. And then there are some like me that think, well, he's the best that we've had in quite some time. You know, it's it's you know kind of hard that he's here now with Alabama and Georgia being as good as they are and we, you know, have the unfortunate luck of playing them every year, but I mean, they've won 10 games. You know, they won 10 games last year, they won 10 games a few years ago. Did the 
best uh, three or 180 turnaround from uh, 2012 to 2013, going from three and nine to going to the BCS championship game. And I'm very happy that he's here. And I think that, that contract is well deserved. And Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, there's an actual national championship coach also on the Plains, and that's Gene Chizik. Doesn't he continue to live there? Yeah, that's the one thing that I love about this Auburn community is that there are uh, many coaches that still like to call the Plains home. I know that, uh, as you mentioned, Gene Chizik's one of those that still calls the Plains home, and he's got some kids that still go to school at Auburn. Tommy Tuberville, you know, still comes by every now and then. He's still got a lake house over on Lake Martin. And, of course, Pat Dye. Seems like every time I go to dinner down in Auburn, he's uh, he's always at the establishment talking to me. I think he's got a farm in nearby Notasolga, Alabama. What, what, what establishment are you talking about, Taylor? Just, you know, any any kind of food. And, okay, uh, I didn't we'll, know. Uh, leave it at that. <laughs> I didn't know if you were talking about a special place there in uh, Auburn, Lee County, Alabama, that uh, Coach – he just he just seems to be everywhere yeah. we'll, we'll put it that way <laughs> coach, coach die still after it I, I like that i had a chance to go out to his place one time and they brought uh what is the name of the, the actual bird that flies uh spirit yeah spirit they yeah. had spirit out there for a demonstration and that was that was a really neat thing to see taylor thank you very much if you are an auburn fan again this game saturday is not on the plains it's in atlanta and the home opener for auburn i assume is the next week Yes, yeah, September 8th against Alabama State at 6 o'clock local time kickoff at Jordan-Hare. All right. So the is it Alabama State Hornets? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. The Hornets and come over from nearby Montgomery for a game there. Any big changes fans need to know when they get to Auburn this uh, year for the home opener? Yeah, there will be a – I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do it, but they have added a brand-new press box over to the side of the stadium where the big video board is, and that's where Tiger Walk – you know, kind of shift over to that direction. So if you're to find walk, be sure that uh, you look out for that. And there's also some uh, new suites that are included to where the old press box is. So just a couple of uh, a couple of stadium enhancements there to look for when you're on the planes this season. All right. Again, Auburn and Washington this weekend, and Auburn and the Alabama State Hornets in the home opener at Jordan-Hare on September 8th. Taylor, thank you very much. Again, Taylor is with the website powerofdixieland.com. Thank you very much, and you can go ahead and say those two magic words. Thank you, and War Eagle. All right. Well, that will put a wrap on today's Y'all Show. We want to thank you for listening. We'll have our great Friday celebration, our day before college football kickoff, at least for most every team that didn't play this last weekend. We'll have that on the Friday edition, so don't miss it. You've been listening to Y'all with John Rawls. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. 
Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plan. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at StaplesForStudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. 